welcome to another episode of Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoes. My name is Caitlin. My name is Tiffany. And today we watched some of a very special Friday night tradition. Uh, back. If, go ahead. If you couldn't tell from the intro. Oh, yeah. We watched some TGIF shows. We sure did. We didn't watch all of them, though. That's too many. There are far too many to choose from. We kind of just selected three out of probably like the 20 different shows that were on at any point in time. That's right. So we watched Caitlin's favorite, Family Matters, which I loved. And we watched my favorite, which was Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. And then just to round them out, we watched Dinosaurs. Because we both like dinosaurs. We both like dinosaurs, and I secretly loved that show. And I secretly hated it. Ugh, not I so. Know. All right, well, we, more <laughs> on that later. So we started off with Family Matters. Yes, we did. In an episode called Hot Wheels. From season four, I think it was. Season four, episode 12. It was... I think it was, like, 93. 1993 is yeah. when it aired. And um, it was a really special episode. Uh, what, what was the plot of it? Uh, there were there were a couple different plots. Um, oh. One of the the main one that we actually see a resolution for is Eddie wants a car more than he's ever wanted anything in his entire life, and he's being like a typical selfish teen about it because right. he's like not observing the fact that his dad works really hard. They don't have a lot of extra money, no. and his dad tells him he can't afford to buy him a new car, and Eddie just like is so upset. It's the worst thing that ever happened to anyone, ever. Right, yeah. They're like, oh, we can't afford for you to go to college and to get a car. So he's like, great, I just won't go to college then. That's matter settled. Carl Winslow wasn't having any of that. He wasn't. Carl Winslow being the patriarch of the family, the police chief. He was. All around solid dad. He was a Chicago cop. He was. Wasn't he he the police chief? No, no. A... I do remember he did get a promotion to lieutenant at one point oh, okay. in the series, and he moved up from, like, a white shirt to a blue shirt, or vice versa, <laughs> or something like that. I remember right. it was a very big moment in the series. But at this point, I feel like he was just still kind of like an officer. Okay. And he, uh, he, so, but his brilliant wife, Harriet. Harriet is a spitfire. She really is. She's deadpan, like, sass. Total. I loved it. She, like, rolls her eyes because her husband's so stupid, and she's like, well, why don't you just buy a clunker car instead of buying... Because he's, like, looking at new cars, like, I can't afford this. And she's like, why don't you buy a shitty car? And then the two of you can work on it together. Have special, meaningful bonding time. Father-son time. Which I kind of thought was ridiculous because I looked at Caitlin and I was like, if you can't even afford a used car, that's fine, but then don't try to pretend that buying a clunker that you will then have to put thousands of dollars into by buying parts that probably are hard to find because it's an old car is going to be any cheaper than buying a used car. It's probably more expensive in the long run. Carl. And how, what was the cryon that said, it was like six weeks or something? Oh, yeah. It only took them six weeks to completely restore a car. Right, and neither of them had had a single bit of experience. But they bought a book. They bought one book on how to restore a car, and they suddenly were experts. Yes. It was great. It was pretty great. But so we can get a little bit more into that, but that was, that was one of the storylines. And then the other one... <laughs> the B story was... The B story has left me feeling dissatisfied because there was absolutely no resolution. No. So it starts off, like, the opening, the cold open, or whatever, if you will, of the show, is Steve walks in being... Steve Urkel, for those who don't know. Urkel, I apologize. If you don't know who Steve Urkel is, get out immediately. Just turn off your phone. Yeah, I don't think we even really need to describe many of the characters, because if you don't know what Family Matters is, you have no business listening to this podcast. But, I mean, we want to be inclusive a little. I completely agree with you. I don't want to be friends with someone who didn't watch Family Matters. What if they're really older? What if they didn't have a TV? Okay, so really quickly, <laughs> we've got Chicago. This series was in late, it took place in the late 80s, early 90s, and it was a uh, Chicago cop, Carl Winslow, who was a delightful, he was sort of like the uh, poor man's version of Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel He Bel-Air. was, he was just a very pleasant, plump, plump bald, father. bald father. He was like the, uh, Tiffany said at one point, he's like the ultimate sitcom dad. He was. He, well, he, yeah, he really was. Mm-hmm. He was every trope you could imagine a sitcom dad would have. Exactly. At some point was, ex- you know. Pretty much. He, yeah. 
He, he was awful. And then... No, he was great, though. He was great. And then he was married to Harriet, who was the Spitfire. They had um, kids. Eddie, the, the son, the older son. They technically had three kids. I just said kids. I didn't give a number. Well, I apologize. But Eddie is the oldest. He's a big dummy. He's a jock, though. He's a big jock. He's a good-hearted jock, but he's dumb as a rock. He means well, but he's pretty stupid. He's one of those characters that as the show progressed, he got stupider and stupider. His best friend's name is Waldo Faldo. Waldo Faldo is a legend. He is he's a legend. the Kimmy Gibbler of Family Matters. Or the boner of Growing Pains. He, he's that guy <laughs> that everyone wants to kill. Yeah. And um, then they had a daughter, Laura. Laura, who the neighbor Steve Urkel is in love with. Just not even in love with, like, obsessed. frighteningly obsessed with. Yeah, like he had... To an unhealthy level. Like, I feel like he had, like, bed sheets with her face on it or something like that. Or I would not be surprised. I don't remember that specifically. It was creepy. But I wouldn't be surprised. No. And so he then... And then who was the other... They had that... Wasn't Judy it? was the youngest. Right. She wasn't in this episode, though. She... No, she got... She was in the opening credits. So she, this, right. she was in this season. She wasn't in the episode. She was not in the episode at all. And they just remember they just got rid of her completely. And who was the cousin? Was it Ralphie? Ralphie was the... Yeah. Ralphie wasn't the in the... little Jerry girl. Oh, my God. Like, nobody was in this episode. Ralphie yeah. and it's the just aunt. just the core family. The aunt wasn't in the family. What grandma was wasn't in the family. Oh, Grandma. I loved Grandma. She was, like, the best Grandma. Yeah, we... Uh, full confession, we just picked a random episode. We didn't look at titles. We no. didn't look at uh, descriptions. We just picked... We're going to do season four, episode 12. We had no idea what we were getting into, so... It ended up being a good one, though. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And then... But we, I've... There was no... What was her name? Aunt, um... I wish... I was trying to get you off of that topic, because I don't remember, and ugh. you don't either. Why don't you think about it? I'll get back to the B story. Fine. <laughs> with with uh, Urkel, in love with Laura. Mm-hmm. He's a very clever, but socially idiotic boy. Yes. He is uh, fond of inventing things, and he'd invented Wacky Tacky. Wacky Tacky. A crazy, strong super glue that basically, once it was bonded with something, could not be unbonded because he had not invented a solvent. Yeah, it was, like, basically a physically impossible... And, but it bonds instantly. Like, the second you put yes. it on something, you're done. Like, that's it. It dries Game over. immediately. If you put it... If you glue your fingers together, touch it. They're going to be like that until he invents the solution. Or forever. Either one. Whichever comes first. Either one. Yeah. So he then, as is a sitcom, like you would expect. So what's happening? She's She meets a nice young man. She meets a nice young man who's, as you, you know, nice young men in the 90s did. He was going door to door selling chocolate. That's right. And he had a single, like, Jerry curl curl it on his forehead. Really weird. And, like, the, the traditional gold hoop earring that I think every, like crush that the, you know, sitcom girls had in the 90s was, like, a dude with an earring. Yeah, it was, and that's how you knew he was a bad guy. But he was secretly nice because he gave her chocolate. That's true, he did. He gave her his, his whole livelihood. He sells chocolate. They had, yeah, they had one of my favorite things that ever happens in sitcoms. It's, like, where the two teenagers meet for the first time, and within two minutes, they're just, like, planning their date, and they're just, like, soulmates. It's realistic. It's instant love. Instant love. He gives her the entire box of chocolates. He's selling a box, and he's like, you're cute. Give me all, I'm just gonna hand all of these, all 18 of these chocolate bars to you. And we're going on a date later. I'll pick you up at 7. Yeah, tonight. Like, no permission from Paris. She's supposed to be, like... Because the older brother is, like, 17. I think she's, like, 15. She's, like, 15. She's, she's like, okay, cool. Pick me up at... Like, no parental involvement whatsoever. And poor Urkel in the background is just, like, <sighs> frantically doing anything he can to prevent the date from happening. He and is, Laura is just ignoring it. He's the ultimate cock block. <laughs> He tries really hard. It's really terrible. It it's, makes me sad for him. It really does. He needs to move on. He does. So she has a date set with, I think his name was Tim. Possibly. I think it was Tim. Okay. And the uh, the time arrives for Tim to come and pick her up, and Steve is gluing together her earring, which has broken, because she has to have these earrings that go with, like, her peach colored. It looked like a cocktail dress. Like, she looked, I don't know what 14-year-old, 15-year-old wears that on a date. Like, it was a tight bodice. Laura. Flared skirt, like, looked like she was going to a school dance or a prom. Yeah, and she's going on a date with a guy she literally just met and knows nothing about. All she knows is that he sells candy bars door to door, which is a big red flag, I feel, in itself. I think so. So she goes, she, so he's 
gluing she for some reason she's a, she can't just glue her own earring together no she's uh-uh. that incompetent she doesn't know how glue works she doesn't apparently so he's gluing together her earring with the ultimate strongest glue humankind has ever witnessed because that's all that's what it'll take to glue the earrings together and i mean it makes sense that you would use such a strong thing like that around a delicate part of your body like the ear right i yeah. think that was the right decision <laughs> so she's stupid but yeah, it's just not. So she's like, so he's gluing it together for her, and then of course he drips some on her shoulder as he's putting it into her ear. And his hand gets stuck to her shoulder. And he's a moron. He's like, oh, let me just wipe that off for you. And the second he touches it, bam, just stuck forever. Which I think was his plan all along. I we think kept so too. looking at each other, being like, they're gonna high five, or they're like, yeah. something is gonna get stuck together. Like we knew that they would be glued together. Yes. We did not recall how they would be glued together. What body part to no. what? Hand to shoulder is how it ended up. Yeah, his hand was like on her shoulder, like from behind. So, yes. like, so they were stuck together. Then the guy, the date comes, and they're just glued together. And she's like, "I'm really sorry." They try to cover for some reason, like it's a big secret. They're like, "Uh, uh, no, you can just um, like as if I don't know." She the- tries to pretend she's grounded and wants to reschedule the date. And he asks her why she was grounded, and Steve just blurts out because she killed a guy, and I laughed super hard. It I was, was like, pretty that funny. That was the first thing he thought of, <laughs> because she didn't want to admit that like Urkel was glued to her shoulder, and she just wanted to reschedule for a time when like her life wasn't crazy. He Tim was not having it, and so he left, and she was very upset, and Steve's hand was still glued to her shoulder. And then that's the end of that storyline as we know it. They never referred to it again. No. For all we know, they still could be glued together they to could. this day. You don't know. I mean, normally, I feel like they would have, you know, cut back to, and then he invented a solvent and released his hand, or then he, like, felt bad and called Tim to explain, or Or you find anything. out it wasn't actually glued all along, and it was just his ploy to get the date, or something. Twist. Something that would have made the episode not as shitty, but... They didn't explain it away. Like, so we're like, okay, there's gonna be a resolution. There was no nope, resolution. Nope, that was the end of it. It was very bizarre because that was like the solid B story, and then it just dropped completely off the radar. I was very disappointed. It was it was a little disappointing. You know what I was not <sighs> disappointed in? What? Uh, when Harriet was given some tough motherly love to Eddie about being oh friends with his dad. So yeah, basically, so they start. So dad buys him a clunker. That he got at a police auction. And it's a police car, complete with bullet holes and busted out rear passenger window. And, like, the second he's like, this is a great car in perfect condition, and he slaps his hand on the front, not even hard, just gently on the hood, and the bumper falls off. Classic. And he's like, you don't need that anyway. Like, who needs a bumper? <laughs> and so, they're, oh yeah, so then they go to work. No, they try to go to work on the car. Well, the dad is trying to convince Eddie that this is something really nice that he did. And remember, Mm -hmm. I looked at you, and I was really laughing, because the way that he convinced his son, his pre-18-year-old son, that this car was going to be a good idea, was by pretending to be two different women. Oh, my God. Trying to hook up with him by being like, oh, Eddie. And he, like, affected this ridiculous female voice, and he was, like, waddling around like a penguin, which is how I think he felt women walk. I mean, I feel like it was a really accurate portrayal of how women act. Well, yeah, they were just like, oh, Eddie, what just a cool car. I just... wanna, can I get a ride? No, I want a ride. And then Eddie's like, ladies, there's room enough for both. And then father and son exchange this look like, yeah. Like, yeah. he was just trying to get ass for his son. Like, high five, I just got you sex. And so they were bonding over that, and then Eddie changed his mind. He was like, this is a great idea. This car is going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Cut to next day, Carl comes out in some sweet coveralls. He bought coveralls at the store. Like, he has no prior mechanic experience. He, he went to the shop, hat in hand. Um, <laughs> uh, I would like I would like some coveralls. And he probably told the clerk this whole backstory. Oh, about, you know. He did. Like, about how he bought this son, this clunker, and there's going to be bonding, and he's so excited about it. He even bought, like, the bandana to put in the back pocket. 
And and even Harriet says he didn't sleep all wink that night because he just wouldn't shut up. Which I'm like, that's a little ridiculous to be up for that long, like four o'clock in the morning. Like I'm gonna make it, like shut up. Girl. I thought it was adorable. It was adorable. He's a good dad. So he comes out dressed in his coveralls, looking ridiculous, mm-hmm. and his son is underneath the car on the rollerboard, and he starts talking to him, and then the rollerboard pushes out, and it's Waldo Faldo. It's Waldo Faldo. And he's just like, that's a great speech you just gave, that, like, Dad, and Carl's It, it not means a lot it. that you want me here. And then uh, Carl's like, whoa, uh, there's only one room for one son in my life, and it is not you, Waldo Faldo. And basically, like, kicks him to the curb. No, that's not what happens That's at not all. what happens? No, that's not what happens. Right, you explain. Um, I like that version, but what happened is that Waldo was really touched by that. He explained that Eddie had to go get a new tire. Eddie comes back with the tire because they blew three up on accident by overinflating. Remember? No, I didn't. And then, and wasn't the joke something like that? He basically was like, Waldo says something like, "Oh yeah, I blew up the first three, but then I got dizzy." Like oh, yeah. he was doing and it all by mouth and threw up in a hubcap. Yeah. yeah, like that was the joke. So, but Eddie comes back, and then his dad is there, and he's like, "Hey, son, I thought this was something we were gonna do together." And Eddie was like, no, like, this is something that I thought would be really cool to do with my best friend. And so then Carl is just kind of like, oh, okay, we'll have fun. He's devastated because he spent all this money that he didn't have, including money on a new outfit just to do this. And then he does the typical dad thing where he knows he's been dismissed and it breaks his heart, but he just, like, sucks it up and turns around and walks away. He wants to make his son happy. He does. That's all he wants. And then Harriet just wails on him. She's gardening, and she, like, it's like, hey, son, can you hold this basket for a second? And then he picks up the basket from her, and she takes off her gloves and just starts, like, whipping him at his head. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Like, you are going to have so many friends in your life, and you're only going to have one dad. And he wants to spend time with you. Yeah, and you're lucky that you have a father that is enjoys your company. And that wants to spend time with you. Yeah, it was a really touching message. It was pretty sweet. And then, so, of course, you know, Eddie has the pensive look on his face, and then it, like, cuts to six weeks later, Meanwhile. and the car is done, and it looks ridiculous. It's well, It was a purple? It was, like, a periwinkle, perhaps, because it was, wasn't quite mm-hmm. blue, and it wasn't quite purple. Right. Periwinkle sounds accurate. And it had a pink zigzag racing stripe. And it had zebra print seats? It was a train wreck of a car. It looked so ridiculous. But for 1983, I'm sure it was the the top. I guess. It was the cream of the crop. It was amazing. I don't know. And then so they shared this really touching moment as it's, uh, you know, the, the credits are about to roll. And his son's like, or his, Carl's like, we did a great job, son. Go enjoy your car. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go pick up my best friend. And dad's like, all right, have a good time. And then he rolls the car about three feet and then stops and opens the door and he's like, get in, Dad. Oh, my God. I almost lost it. And, and Carl looked like he was about to cry. It looked like Christmas morning for Carl. He'd never been happier. He's like, I am my son's best friend. And it was really touching. And then, was there a coda on that episode? I don't remember. No, that was it. That was just, how it ended. Yeah, just hard cut to... Hard uh, cut to credits. Yep. And that was it, and that's how the episode ended. I mean, for me, I, I really liked Family Matters too. I think you liked it more, because that was your favorite. Out of all the TGI, yeah, TGIF lineup, that was my favorite. I remembered it pretty well. Like, I remembered all the characters. I remembered certain parts, even, of this episode. Not, you know, how the whole thing went. Right. But this held up for me. I thought it was, for, like, it's a sitcom through and through, but there were part- we legitimately laughed out loud a couple times. We did. And it has this specialness of being a sitcom in the 90s where, like, the messages were about family, and they weren't just about, like, and then my daughter got pregnant and she's 16, or and then my son got arrested for selling pot. It was like, hey, your dad wants to spend time with you fixing up a car. Right. You know, it was it was wholesome. I don't know. I liked it. It was wholesome, but it it wasn't, like, full house level wholesome. It wasn't was like, too cheesy. It wasn't treacly. Like, it was just, like, it was sweet without being gross about it. Yeah. It, it hit that balance really well. And mm-hmm. I, it made me feel very nostalgic Aww. for, like, TV shows of that time. Like, God, I wish there was a sitcom on like that right now. There probably is. We just don't watch it. I don't think there is. Like, all the sitcoms on now are like flashy and noisy and all about like pratfall comedy and there isn't like a wholesome family one i don't think probably not i don't know maybe there is on something at least not on prime time nothing that is as good as family matters absolutely not 
and it was good. And we did like, I mean, I liked, I really liked the joke about like, oh, why are you grounded? Like she killed the guy. Oh like, yeah, what? that was really great. Like that escalated further than we thought it possibly could have. He really, really did. didn't want her to go out with Tim. No, she didn't, or he didn't. So what would you give it on a scale of one to ten? Um, a seven. I'd give it an eight. <gasps> I really enjoyed it. Good. I did. I'm glad. Well, that was, yeah, so Family Matters Family was, Matters, hold up. To be fair, though, this was season four. This was before season, I want to say, like, the last couple seasons of the show turned into a full-on sci-fi. With Urkel. Stefan <sighs> Urkel. He had a clone of himself, like, as a It started off as a simple family sitcom, and then it literally became, every episode was a new invention of Steve's. They traveled in time. Yeah. I remember that. They, multiple times, I feel like. I feel like at least two or three. Yeah, and then they, what, what else did they do? They had a robot that oh, yeah. tried to rape Laura. Remember that? But then the, the robot worked out the kinks, and then the robot became not a rapist. And then he cloned himself. I don't remember the raping robot. I don't know, but then he had a rocket that shot him all the way to step-by-step. Like, there was, it became a full-on sci-fi. It was but ridiculous. This was prime Urkel. This is when Urkel wasn't a whiny little kid. But he wasn't before he got all muscly and gross. Yeah. Do you remember, like, the last couple seasons he was, like, six foot five and nobody would acknowledge it? Yeah. Yeah. They still thought he was nerdy. No, he was still a geeky, like, 14-year-old in this. He was, like, in his prime. So we yeah. we hit the nail on the head. We did. For the prime. It yeah. was it was a great guess by us. Good for us. Um, so what do we watch then next? Afterwards, we watched Dinosaurs. Oh my god, Dinosaurs. <laughs> Which, when it started, it was very interesting, because Caitlin was like, oh, I loved that show, and I was like, oh, I hated that show. Yeah, I loved that show so much. It was on in that, I think I was about six or seven when it was on, and I actually had a Baby Sinclair doll. Baby Sinclair was the worst member of the entire show. <laughs> I loved him. If you ever want to get really drunk... Yeah. I feel like you should watch three or four episodes of The Dinosaurs and take a drink or a shot, depending on how drunk you want to get, every time he says, not the mama, or, like, smacks someone with a frying pan. The fact that you remember his catchphrase to this day is a very good testament to the power of Baby Sinclair. Fucking (laughs) most annoying baby on any show ever. And I watched Cousin Oliver on The Brady Bunch. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's saying something. Yeah, I, I couldn't stand Baby Sinclair. I don't know what it was. Like, in on paper, I should love dinosaurs. I, I love di- I love dinosaurs in general. I love shows with puppets. Yeah. You know, and it's there's something really clever about, like, we want to just do a normal family sitcom. Oh, and they're dinosaurs. Yeah, BT. Like, there's nothing about what they do that is indicating that the fact that they're dinosaurs, except for the fact that they are. They wear clothes, they wear, you know, the women wear earrings and necklaces and jewelry. Yeah. and they have, like, normal names. Like, yeah. they're, they're the Sinclair family, mm-hmm. and it's, um, Carl, wait, no, it's not Carl. It's, um, Earl. It's Earl and Fran. Earl and Fran. The son and is Spike. Spike and... I don't remember the, daughter, the daughter's name. And there's also the grandma, and there's Baby Sinclair. And Baby's just Baby. So, they're very, um, humanized, and so it, it seems like that would be a pretty hilarious, you know, view of the sitcom. But for whatever reason, it just never meshed with me, and it always irritated me. I can see that now. Like, I can, <laughs> it's a very bizarre con. Like, it's just a normal sitcom, but they just happen to be dinosaurs, so it's just that much more expensive to produce. Charlene was the daughter. Charlene was the daughter. Okay, thank God I got that figured out. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how terrible it would have been to be an actor on that show and to wear one of those enormous suits. Oh, God. That would just probably have been... Well, maybe it was a great diet. I bet they all sweated off, like, 20 pounds a day. There you go. Although we did find the voice of the mom was Jessica Walters from Arrested Arrested Development. Development. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of touched my heart a little bit. (laughs) But we, I, I, can I say I picked the episode? Yes. Because it was one that I wanted to watch because while I hated this show, I stumbled across recently these images on the interwebs of, um, Fran, the, the mom. Yeah. The mom dinosaur's best friend, Monica. Monica de Vertebrae. She was a brontosaurus. Yes. They had, a lot of them had very punny names. Right. But she was in court, 
and she was um, suing for sexual harassment because she'd been fired from her job. Ah. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't remember this episode at all. We need to watch this because it seems ridiculous. It, it was It was bizarre. It was crazy. I will say, I hated the show Dinosaurs. This episode was fantastic. She legitimately loved this episode. I she did. laughed out loud several times. I laughed so hard that Caitlin was startled. I did. Yeah, I was. And so basically what happens is they've got uh, the episode is uh, Fran is in the kitchen talking with her best friend Monica, who is a uh, Brachiosaurus or Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. Brontosauruses aren't real, though. All right. This is a TV show about dinosaurs okay, that just... wear shirts. <laughs> Fine. She's a, she's a brontosaurus. Um, uh, I think she's a patasaurus, but whatever. Anyway, so so she Nerd. she's a long neck, and she's got uh, she's sticking her head like you don't see her whole body. Her head's just sticking into the window. But you do see her whole body when they cut to the wide shot of the house. Remember oh, that was how great. funny that was. It was just like her body from the neck down outside of the house. It was hilarious. And she's naked from the neck down, but she's got a lot of jewelry. All of them, none of them wear pants because they all wear shirts. Yeah, they all had shirts but no pants and no genitalia. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. Uh, but so she's outside and she's uh, she's a real estate agent <laughs> and she's like, oh god, I'm having a really hard time with the blah 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 commission. It's a soft market. It's a soft market right now. Which so, I couldn't handle. So then uh, Earl comes home and he's like, guess what? Somebody died on the job and he's all chipper about it. They they knock down trees. That's the job that Earl has. Yeah, they they have a they have a house, they have a kitchen, they have electricity, but they haven't invented saws yet. Apparently, in dinosaurs, they don't Man. need them. They just use their tails. They're very strong, yeah. so they just knock trees over. Yeah. So they just are like, oh man, a guy just died today. Do do do. Anyway, what's for dinner? And so, um, uh, Fran is like, oh my god, Monica's looking for a job. What if Monica knocks down trees for a living? And they're like a female. Earl is like, I'm going to be the laughing stock of the entire Pangea <laughs> if, if I bring a woman in and recommend her for this job because women don't deserve to be in the workplace. They should be at home in the kitchen. Right. Even though this woman is 18 times the size of every single male character on this show. So, like, right out of the gates, as soon as he's like, women should be in the kitchen, I looked at Caitlin and I'm like, oh my god, is this like the whole episode? Is like a very special episode about like sexism. And it was and very I couldn't believe it. Dirty and dark. Like it was. Oh, it was really dark. We'll get into that. So she so Earl goes to his office and makes an appeal to his boss. Because his doesn't his wife like pressure him into it? Yeah. Yeah. And so he makes an appeal to his boss, who's this giant triceratops, and the running gag with him is that he has uh he's so big, so everything he holds is super tiny. Right. Like he picks up a, a like a book and it's the size of like a matchbook. Exactly. <laughs> and it made me giggle. That's how big he is. And he in this matchbook he's looking up, I'm not kidding, how to interview a woman. Oh my god. And he's reading aloud from how to interview a woman and he's like compliment her on her handbag and then send her out the door. That like literally what he says. I didn't make up any words or leave any out. No, so Monica sticks her big head and like because that's all she can fit into the office, and she sticks her face in the window, and she's like, "I'm here for the job interview," and he's like, "Lovely handbag." And I almost said this joke, but she that Monica beat me to the punch, and she's like, "I don't have a handbag. I don't even have hands," and I was like, "Hilarious." I thought that was funny. She's and then she's he's like, "Uh," but then he can't. He's like, "Lovely neck you have." Well, Earl is in the background trying to play a very rudimentary game of charades, trying to get him to say necklace, because Monica's just dripping in gold jewelry. Yeah, Monica shows up into the job interview wearing lots and lots of, like, dangly earrings, like a scarf, like, multiple necklaces. Yeah. She is, like... Blinged out. Blinged out. I'm sorry I said blinged out. That's okay. It's apropos to the situation. Oh, I feel terrible. So... (laughs) So he finally compliments her on her necklace, and then it's basically like, why are you still here? I complimented you. You should leave. We can't have a woman here working. That's ridiculous. And how does she respond? She just, apparently, she's like, got this little twitch, which Im- implies that she just, like, boops her booty to the side, and she, like, knocks down a bunch of trees, just, like, with no effort. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the uh, boss is like, when can you start? 
Yeah. So he had a pretty quick about face about the whole women yeah. in the workplace thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter because she's a monster and she can she knock over trees like with a flick of a tail. So she's going to get all, you know, suited up in her hard hat and work shirt, which I don't understand how she put on because she has no hands. Yeah. She just all of a sudden is wearing a shirt and it goes all the way up to her head. She so- looks. So it implies that the neck of this shirt is, like, at least 20 feet long. She looked like she was a ferret that got stuck in the sleeve of a sweater. It does. She looks like a cat in a sock. Like, it was was, like that. It was hilarious. But so as she's changing and getting ready, we cut to Earl walking up to his, like, four or five coworkers. One of them was named Sexual Harris. Oh, his real name was Harris, but he's sexual, so they they call him Sexual Harris. On this kid's show, we couldn't believe it. And they were making all these jokes about uh, prostitutes. Like, they literally say prostitutes. He was teaching them what a double entendre was. Uh Uh-huh. And he, so he was saying, I found this great new way to talk to babes. He was like, I say something, but it means something else. Because all the other guys were so stupid they couldn't figure it out. Well, one was a T-Rex with his tiny hands. I did like the T-Rex guy. He was a little, like, he was my favorite, I think. He was a dummy. Um, but so, like, as an example, he's like, I was at the grocery store, which made me laugh because I can't picture dinosaurs in a grocery store. Yeah, I just picture him just thrashing and killing everyone in it. Yeah, and again, this is a show that was on at maybe, like, 8 or 8.30. Yeah, like, on Friday night, children are watching, families are watching. And the, the pickup line he tells them is he was like, so I was at this grocery store, and I saw this girl, and I said, you have two items I'd like to check out, if you know what I mean. Oh my god. He's talking about her boobs. Her boobs, exactly. I couldn't handle that this was happening. But dinosaurs lay eggs, so they shouldn't even have boobs to begin with, but that's a whole other matter. That's a whole other problem we could have written in about. They also didn't have televisions and speak no. English, but that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other thing. But then, so he goes on to, like, give four or five more examples where he ends everything with, like, do you know what I mean? Wink. Everybody knows what you mean, Harris. You are, like, Harris. as subtle as a ton of bricks. <laughs> And she... So Monica shows up. Monica's like, I'm ready to work. Where do I go? And they're like... Uh, and sexual Harris just keeps talking about making all these... Pun- what does he say to her? Like He says... He oh, says you're going to wait. Her, you're going to work late nights, if you know what I mean. He's like, yeah, if you want to get ahead, you're going to have to work late nights, if you know what I mean. And then he was like, how about I jump on your scales and you tell me how much I weigh, if you know what oh I mean. Oh my god, it was so dirty. And she gets super offended and basically is like, I'm not going to go out with you, which was a polite way of saying, I am not having sex with you. And he fires her. Yeah, and I was shocked about how coolly she handled the situation. She was just like... She's like, you shouldn't say those things. Uh, That's awful. Okay, wow, that's too bad. Like, that, she was, like, so cool-headed to the point where I was almost mad at her. Monica was not having any of Harris's nonsense. No. So they, so she gets fired, and then so she goes back to the Sinclair house, and her head in the window, and just like, oh my god, what, I just got fired, what am I gonna do? She decides to sue. She does, thanks to, uh, no, Fran tricks Earl. Like, they're like... Oh, what should she do? She got wrongfully terminated, and Earl's like, oh, she's a girl. She can do whatever, like, whatever. Go back to the kitchen, basically. Oh, my God. And then uh, she goes, oh, I've got this friend named Bob or whatever. I can't remember what they said. But he got wrongfully terminated. What should he do? And then Earl's like, oh, he should go talk to this blah, blah, blah and file a wrongful termination lawsuit. And they're like, oh, great idea, Earl. Uh Uh-oh. Like, yeah. So she goes to court... And for some reason, this is, like, the biggest trial to ever happen in Pangea, because it's airing on everyone's TV on DNN, which I thought was hilarious. In case you couldn't get it, it's Dinosaur News Network. Not it's, like, CNN. But CNN's not Human News Network. For dinosaurs. I get it. They're obsessed with the fact that they're dinosaurs. Yeah. They had a panel of, it was all men. Mm-hmm. The judge just happened to be Earl's boss. Yes. Yeah, so giant he, triceratops. He runs like a tree felling company and he's a judge on the side. Remember what part I laughed at really hard when he had the tiny little gavel in his hand? Oh my god, he, his gavel was like a little like toothbrush. It's like the size of a Q-tip. It was adorable. It was twee. I liked it, but they had a they had a cast of like old men that were on this judge panel, and they all had very punny names. Remember, there was like Mr. Mason Dixon, who was like the southern dinosaur. That's right. And they had Mr. Turtlepuss. 
Mr. Turtlepuss. <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to be. I don't know, but I liked it. But they were all asking, like, these super inappropriate questions. Oh, they were like, God. isn't it true that you used to be a prostitute? And Monica's like, wait, what? I was never, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, let the record show the word prostitute has been said. Oh, my God. So they're just, like, throwing her under the bus, and they're attacking her character, and they're saying, they're blaming her, and they're saying, well, what were you wearing when he was making these comments to you? Is it possible you were wearing something suggestive that warranted these comments? Exactly. She was like, I was wearing a hard hat. Like, what am I supposed to do? And she said, I don't appreciate the fact that you're insinuating I asked for this based on how I look. That's pretty much verbatim what she said, almost. And then... Yeah, and so then they, so then uh, somehow the Sinclair family ends up in the courtroom, mm-hmm. and that, and basically like Fran, like goes to the stand even though she wasn't a witness or anything, <laughs> which is not a court. She's like, I want to talk on this, and so she talks, and then they basically say to her like, Oh, your character is, we're gonna besmudge you because we found out that you've lived with a man that wasn't your husband. <laughs> she's, she, she's like, it was my dad and they're like we have a picture of you on his lap like a childhood photo mm-hmm. and it was like creepy and she mm-hmm. was like Ugh. and they're like that's why we have to discredit you because yeah and then they bring out sexual harris and they ask him do were you making inappropriate comments and he said yes yeah and he basically confessed to everything that he did and he repeated some of the things he said and everyone in the courtroom laughed and thought it was funny and they ended up dismissing the case on the basis of there was, like, no grounds for there to be a case to begin with. Yeah, because it was just funny that he was being funny. Like, making They'd, sexual... Yeah, making sexual, making sexual jokes. <sighs> yeah. And so the episode ended, and we were like, well, that's kind of a disappointing resolution. Like, this whole episode has been all about, like, women standing up for themselves and, like, fighting against sexism in the workplace and blah, blah, blah. And then all of none of that matters because she still is fired and she has no job. But what it did have an impact on Charlene, didn't it? Charlene had been working on a science project and sure her attitude was, but I'm a girl. I can't be a scientist. Like, have you ever heard of a girl? uh, Like she's in an astronomy class and she's basically like, have you ever heard of a girl astronomer before that doesn't exist? And so, but the case was it really influenced Charlene and she was like, you know what, I realize that men dominate this world and I want to do my best to take like to be an equal and be considered an equal someday and hopefully she's like, Hopefully what day will it be when we're considered an equal? And then they're like, hmm and then it's like they fade in on the globe. She built like a <laughs> she built like a diorama of the solar system ish that had, had like, like two, two planets. planets. And wasn't the Earth a square? Like a the cube? Earth was a cube. The Earth was a cube, and they uh, focus in on it. Like, hmm, someday we'll have equal rights. When will that be? And then it was more of a question to the audience. Like, when will that be? Has it happened yet? I just couldn't believe that this was that this aired. Yeah. And, like, I think, what did they say? This is, like, 1991. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that this aired on television and, like, that they were trying to make a point about it because the sad thing is, is that this still happens, like, every single day. And it's crazy. And it's like, and the, um, and this was Jim Henson puppets. Yep. Making a stand. Talking about prostitutes and how, oh well, women should be in the kitchen. And you're like, what? Like, it's a really weird show. It was really weird. And I also loved when they were in the courtroom. And this is when I laughed so hard that I startled Caitlin because it's like, it's so true. Like, everything they were saying was shockingly, like, if you just put a human face on it, that could be on the news, like, right now. Yeah. And they were in or they were polling, DNN was polling people to see, like, who thought Monica was to blame for being harassed. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And there were two different categories that, like, posted the most votes, and uh, one of them was, it was the angry guys who failed to get a date with her in high school and blame it on her. Yeah. That, so that was one category that blamed her. Yeah, it was like, people think Monica are guilty. It's like 5%. Men that are, like, blah, blah, like, that... Or, that thought she... Or angry, resentful males who failed to get to high, dates in high school and blamed all on her. Yeah, and then the last one was the best one. It was about uh, insecure females who wanted to see other successful females fail so everyone can be as miserable as they are. Yeah, that was the people that they pulled. So, I thought that was so funny. That was funny. Because it's true. It really is. It's funny because it's true, and it's sad because it's true. Aw, it's still true, 20 plus years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the show is a kind of 
weird, like, it was a weird show. I don't know, I can see why the show ultimately failed, because it, like, the audience was so unclear. And it was probably extremely expensive. Oh, God, I'm sure. Um, I don't, I think this might have been a, it was a very entertaining episode to watch, but it might have been a bad one to pick, just because I don't think it was representative of the show as a whole. Probably not. Like, I feel like they maybe had this one VSC, as I like to call it, very special episode. Very special episodes of Dynasty. <laughs> and then it was probably just more, like, sitcom-y stuff about, like, Earl wants to join the bowling league, or, like, you know, Robbie wants to go on a date with the cute girl at school. So I feel like that's probably more what it was, and this was, like, kind of a one-off. Yeah. But I'm really glad we watched it, because I just remember hating it that show so much. Yeah. But I loved this episode. Oh I thought God. it was, like, an important episode. So it's 1 out of 10, or... I would give it, like, a 9. Just because... Wow! I'm sorry, but I thought it was such a, like, on-point message that they could fucking show in schools today they about, really like, could. the way that women are treated. I agree. Yeah, it was a very, like, adult thing, but yet it's all done by puppets. It's very bizarre. I mean, and that was seven. Yeah, it was probably speaking only to the parents that were watching the show. Yeah, because kids like, and then the actual the title was what did what, what sexual Harris meant? Which what is punny. sexual Harris meant? So yeah, it was funny. It I was it was a very good pun. Yeah. So yeah, that was dinosaurs. We so Tiffany loved it. I did. I surprised myself because I was getting ready to be like. This show's the worst show to ever be a TV show, and these are the thousand reasons why. And then I can't even bring it up because I liked that episode so much. You should go home because they're all on Netflix. I'm not going to go home and watch them. I have other things to watch. I'm sorry. Fine. Anyway, so then our our last... So we didn't do... I know TJIF had four shows total, but we kind of are running out of time, so... We talk a lot. We do talk a lot. And we we decided that we were probably going to have to have multiple TJF nights anyway. True. Because there are so many shows. So we stuck with three tonight. And the last one we did, it's going to be really hard for me to talk about because it's my favorite show maybe ever. It was Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. We watched an episode of Boy Meets World that was entitled (sighs) Janitor Dad. I'm already having a hard time. And it was season four. Yeah. Aired in 1996. Yeah. Uh... Basically, do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown? What I will tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about Boy Meets World. Within a couple minutes. Within a couple minutes. It fe- <laughs> the main character is Corey Matthews. He's mm-hmm. part of a family um, uh, with his older brother, Eric. He has a younger sister that goes upstairs and disappears for like six seasons. What's her name? Lily. Lily. That's right. And then he has his, uh, his Wait, parents. Is it Lily? I don't know. You look it up while I keep talking. Okay. And um, he... Um, also has his best friend, Sean, who's, like, the troublemaker, and the love of his life, Topanga, and it's just, like, all about them in high school, like, growing up and learning how to be adults and learning how to navigate through this crazy world called life. Aww. Just quoted the theme song. It's not a big deal. Oh, really? We did? Well. Yeah. I don't... The, the theme song changed, though. There was, like, multiple theme songs. The one that we watched did not have lyrics. But in later seasons, it had lyrics, and that's what I was quoting. It did. The show meant so much to me, and I was really excited that we were going to watch it. I could probably talk about it for eight hours. We might have to do an entire episode, or series of episodes. I wouldn't be mad. No, Tiffany loves this show. You know what? It wasn't Lily. That was the actress's name. It was Lily Nixay. I don't know why I remember that. Lily was the little girl on Step by Step. Lily's the daughter on Modern Family, but the girl... Her the actress's name is Lily Nixie Nixie Nixay. Nixay. Yeah, and she she changed actresses, and that was actually a really funny joke because when she went upstairs, she was one actress, and then when she came back downstairs, she was a different actress, and they all made a joke about like, "Wow, you look really different." And she's like, "That's what happens when you send me up to my room for like five years." That's funny. It's Morgan. Was the was Morgan? The yeah, I think Lily was the little girl on Step by Step. Lily was the actress's name. But I think it's the same. Morgan. We'll look it up. But that's why I got confused. Anyway, so this episode uh, was called Janitor Dad, and it opens on um, Mr. Matthews and Eric working. This is the season where he's no longer a grocer. Mr. Matthews owns a, like an REI, or like an Adventure 16, like a, like a camping store. Right. He's selling camping equipment, even though apparently they have no business selling this equipment. They live in Philadelphia. They do. They're suburban, like, they've never been outside in their life, and they're like, let's just run a camping store. I don't remember how they acquired said store. It was after he stopped being a grocer. He got okay. the store. 
So they're trying to sell stuff, and they're having a really hard time doing it. Because Mrs. Matthews is a saleswoman who's, like, basically talking everybody out of buying things because she's worried they're not qualified to, like, buy the hiking shoes and go scale mountain. Yeah, there's, like, a meek little businessman that's, like, trying to buy hiking gear. And she's like, you are way too small to hike. You can't hike. Like, go home. Like, go to the yogurt store. The yogurt stores are wherever you belong. (laughs) And uh, they're like, this isn't going to work, Mom. You're the worst. So they decide that they need to find some help. And then in a classic Boy Meets World moment, because they poked fun at a lot of sitcom things. Yeah, they did. They literally said something like, where are we ever going to find, like, a hardened outdoorsman who's in need of employment in the great state of, like, Pennsylvania? Cue to door opening, like, fucking this guy who looks like he's lived in the woods his entire life walks in, and he's talking about how he needs a job, and he's looking for the yogurt store, because they heard they were hiring. Yes. He's like, I am a hardened, he, like, basically (laughs) quotes back, I am a hardened outdoorsman, and I am in seeking employment, and I heard the gross, or the, the yogurt shop was hiring, so I am here to see where the yogurt shop is. And they're like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And then Eric, Eric's like, it's four doors down! Eric is stupid. He's real, that's his, that's his He was shtick. hot, but stupid. Exactly. Um, so that's the B story. And then the main story, uh, we find out about when Corey goes to Sean's trailer park to pick him up before school. Brief, very brief history. Sean has a very troubled life. Right. And uh, he, the year before this year, he spent living with Mr. Turner, because his teacher, because right. his dad left for a year to chase his mother back because his mother left him. And so now the mother is back together yeah. with his dad, and they're trying to make things work. But it's not going very well. No, because the mom is working, and the dad is a layabout, and he's one of those that has big dreams, that just but never actually makes any effort to pursue them. Yes. So. Finally, they're like, you know what, we are running out of money, we are hiding our bills in the microwave because we can't pay them, Mm because that'll make them go away, just Mm -hmm. microwaving them. And then, uh, so, finally the dad's like, after 20 years, he's like, oh, maybe I should get a job. Like, like, the mom has to suggest, like, hey, how about you actually get a job, like, for real, for the first time in your life? And he's like, oh, huh, I never thought of that. So, they... Right? Am I doing this incorrectly? You're doing it correctly. Then they cut to John Quincy Adams High. Uh-huh. And they're, uh, Sean is playing a practical joke on some nerds where he makes them spill their milk. Cut to the janitor backing out of the janitor closet with the mop to clean it up. Turns around. It's his dad. It's Sean's dad. He's a janitor. Sean is none too pleased. He is devastated. He's embarrassed. He's embarrassed. He's, embarrassed. he's bewildered. He's a lot of adjectives. Yes, and he starts getting picked on and made fun of because his dad is the janitor. Yeah, there's some douchey kids that are like, oh, oh if I spill, your dad will clean it up. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, he made that pretty awesome joke. He's like, our dads are just the same. My dad's a doctor. Oh, wait, your dad's a janitor. I'm like, kids are assholes. That was so mean. And not only was it mean, it was not even clever or funny. No, it was, uh-uh. like, just weak. It was like, I would have been like, dude, seriously, F for effort. And, and Corey is... is you know, Corey's such a good best friend to Sean, and he's trying really hard to be supportive. He's like, just ignore them. Don't worry about it. Um, he's trying to, like, prevent messes from being made so his dad won't have to clean them up. And he's he's just trying really hard to help Sean through this. And yeah. Sean just can't get past the fact that he's getting made fun of, so he goes to Mr. Feeney, also known as one of the greatest television characters to ever be created. <laughs> the True. principal of the school. The wise principal. He followed the them from sixth grade through college. I had a teacher that did that. That's creepy. I had it. No, he was the best teacher I've ever had in my entire life, Mr. Warren. He followed you? Not me specifically, <laughs> but like, Are you he, sure? yes, he taught us in sixth grade and eighth grade, and then he transferred to the high school I went to. So I had him in sixth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, eleventh, and twelfth grade. Oh my god, that's and amazing. it was amazing. I loved him. He was the best. So he they, saw you they grow do up. exist. He did. He said he was my Mr. Feeney. Oh my goodness. Um. So Sean goes to Mr. Feeney and he's like, "You have to fire my dad because I can't handle this." And Mr. Feeney's basically like, "Well, I'll I'll tell him in a couple days that you don't want him here because I need to find a replacement." Sean can't believe it. He's like, "You'd really do that?" Mr. Feeney's like, "Of course." Yeah, that's great. So, so, the- so Sean's like, "Yeah, I want him fired." Yeah. So, but. And then he goes home. He goes home, and then the mom is so proud of her husband for, for the first time in his life, he's actually gotten a job. And he's not just laying around the house dreaming about big schemes. He's, she's like, I cannot be proud of him. How dare you be embarrassed for him? He's actually doing something constructive and helping people and blah, blah, blah. 
And when we say big schemes, like, his backup was to be a pearl diver in Portugal. Yeah, that was his back. <laughs> that was his plan B in life. Like, so, like, he was a huge dreamer. Yeah, so he, aka, he was just la- lazy. Mm-hmm. And so he, so, so Sean sees this and he's like, oh, man, I feel like a dick. Like, mm-hmm. just my, but here's the thing I will say. His dad got, applied for a job and got a job within about six hours. Right. So he could have, if he's that good, he could have probably applied for another job. I think it was condensed because would you like to watch an entire season of shows where his dad is going on job interviews? Yes. You were lying. (laughs) That is a bald-faced lie. (laughs) It's a sitcom thing and it had to be condensed. I know. Could they really fix the car in six weeks on Family Matters? Possibly? I don't know anything about no. cars. Fine. It had bullet holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean has this change of heart because he sees how much it means to his mother that his dad is actually trying hard. And his dad comes home and he's so proud. And he says, after a year of being away, this is the best job I could have because I can be close to my son. <gasps> yeah, that's why he wanted that job. Like, he's yeah. like, Dad, why did you want to be a janitor of all things? And he's like, I was away from you, and this way I get to be with you every single day. And it was touching it was quite frankly and and sean was touched and shaken and felt loved for the first time and so then the next day at school he's like he tells to talk he talks to doctor not dr feeney he could be a doctor. he should have been a doctor of wisdom (laughs) he talks to mr feeney and he's like okay i don't want you to find my dad he's like i wasn't gonna fire him anyway this was all a big scheme oh my god who didn't see that coming it was a ruse Mr. Feeney's the best. He really was. And then so Sean decides to stand up to the bully. Do you remember? It was so great. He, the bully, uh, is, like, giving him a hard time again, and Sean makes Corey drink some milk and knocks it out of his hands so there's milk all over the floor, and his dad comes out to clean it up, and Sean's like, no, no, I got this. Yeah, the dad's like, son, you don't need to do that. And then Sean says, and neither do you. And then everyone applauds. But it's yeah. like, we were like, both looked at each other like, I don't... It was a weird ending. I don't get it. Like... I don't know. He does need to do it because it's his job. It's his he's, job. Getting, he's literally getting paid to do that. Well, I think that Sean is making the point of like, it's not too... It's, it's not, not beneath anybody. Like, anybody can do this and should do this. Right. Yeah, you should clean up after yourself, people. That's the moral of the story. Um, so you... It was really bittersweet for me to watch it because I love Boy Meets World so much. And it was so hard for me to watch it and realize that, like, it doesn't exist anymore. Girl Meets World. I can't talk about how upset (laughs) that show made me. Well, no, I'm going to try to give a very brief description of why Boy Meets World, I think, was, like, a really important television show. Like, legitimately. Like, you're making a face to me like I'm full of shit. No, go for it. It was an important show. Yeah. That was a show that a generation of kids grew up at the same pace and the same age, and they were going through the same things as Corey. I still feel like Corey Matthews a lot of the time, even though I'm a girl. He's overly sensitive. He wants to make sure everybody around him is happy. He cares more about his family than himself. Like, it's important to him that everybody is happy and safe. Right. And I feel like that a lot of the time. And so it was interesting to me growing up to see how he reacted to different things. And it was like Family Matters and the fact that it was like a sitcom that actually dealt with things that kids were going through. Yeah. And it wasn't about, like, pregnancy or drugs or, like, ridiculous outlandish things. I mean, they had their episodes where things were, you know, like, Sean was in a cult in one episode and it was weird. Yeah. They had the one very strange, like, time travel episode. But for the most part, it was... (laughs) They had a time travel episode. But for the most part, it was, like, Sean's dad left, like, and he's acting out. How do you react as his best friend, Corey? Like, he needs you now more than he ever has needed you before. Yeah. Or, you know, Corey lives next door to the principal, and he doesn't want kids to know because he feels like he is going to get teased. And then he sees Mr. Feeney getting, like, his house egged, and he stands up and he's like, that's not right. So it was like, it really was a show where it did have a lesson. Like, every episode had a lesson, but it didn't feel too heavy-handed. Yeah. And I learned a lot about, like things you should do in different situations from watching that show. Yeah. And I think it was so important. And it didn't talk down to kids at all. No, it really didn't. Like, they were they were very smart kids. They were very articulate. But they weren't, like, Dawson's Creek kids that were so pretentious and no one talks like that, you know, at all. So, okay, here, just really quick. So you watched this show, you loved it, and it starts when they're about, what, middle school. Yeah. And it goes through to when they're about... What, about 20 years old? Yeah, it goes through in college, so maybe yeah. like 21, 22. So, 
you fall you grow up with these kids and there's this wise old mentor mentoring this dweeby young guy. Are you gonna talk about Harry Potter? It's Harry Potter. <laughs> it is. This girl with big crazy hair who they all hate the first couple of years and then suddenly she becomes pretty and the dweeby guy falls in love with her. And then there's and I'm gonna say Sean is more like Harry because he's from the family that like is really broken and he doesn't know his past and all that shit. And he ends up like you know, and then the dweeb and the and the hot bushy haired girl end up together and you watch them grow up. Maybe that's why I love Harry Potter so much and oh my god, what if Neville is Minkus? Neville is well but but Minkus kind of goes away. But he comes back at the end when it's most important. And Mr. Turner is serious black. Because he vanishes halfway through. He does, and he comes and he's like, I'm going to like take oh, care of you. Oh my god. This is really brilliant. <laughs> oh my god, and they even have the audiovisual teachers, like Kingsley Shacklebolt, because he's the African-American, like, really deep voice, like, very powerful man. Really? Yeah. And then there's the two big, dumb, dweeby guys, remember, that are like, oh, Crab yeah. and Boyle. Oh my god, they are. And then you Fuck. have Draco Malfoy is Harley. Harley oh, Kiner. Oh god. Oh my god! You, I just this blew just blew your my mind. mind. But that makes so much sense, probably, than why I, why I resonate so much with Harry Potter because it already felt kind of familiar, like those those little tropes. It's like if they had wands. Like that's basically what oh it is. Oh my god! Can we rewrite like Boy Meets Potter? Boy and Meets Hogwarts. Oh my god! That's that just like I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, and then there's the sassy little sister, and then there's the the annoying older brother that's dumb and like goofy and funny, but he doesn't die. Aww. He he's like they're like he's like Fred and George in one. R.I.P. Fred. R.I.P. Fred. Um. Oh my God, I'm like so overwhelmed by that. But yeah, I, I mean, for me, this show held up. It holds up really well, and. I don't know if any of you guys out there listening have the DVDs, but if you do, do yourself a favor and listen to the commentary, because they bring everybody back, and it is hilarious, because they, they're watching, like, the first season, and they just make fun of it, like, so Aww. hard. Like, Corey and Sean, they're like, take a drink every time you see us wearing more than one jacket at a time, and then it'll <laughs> cut to them, like, every every episode in the first season, Corey's wearing, like, a sweatshirt, and then, like, a vest, and then, like, a jacket, and Sean has really naturally curly hair, and so he's talking about how he had to straighten it every day for an hour. Oh, no. And he's, like, talking about how he just wanted to cut his hair the entire time. But didn't he towards the end? He did towards the very end. But so it's hilarious to listen to these guys talk about the show. Aww. If you have it, I really recommend you treat yourself and listen to it, because it means as much to them, which I think is really special. Like, they come back and they talk about it very fondly. Aww. Very fondly. It touches my heart. And yeah. I'm not even going to ask you what you rate this at a scale of 1 to 10, because you're going to put an 11 on this. It gets a fucking 12. It gets a 12. <laughs> well, this episode, honestly, was maybe only like an 8 or a 9. Okay. But the show as a whole is flawless. <laughs> but the episode maybe wasn't the best one we could have watched. True. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm sorry. I just talked like the entire time. No, it. it's I'd say it's a solid 8. God, it was so it's good. It's a great show. I did enjoy it a lot. I watched it from the beginning to the end. You laughed the hardest at any one of the shows during Boy Meets World. When did I laugh? You laughed when the hardened woodsman who was working oh. at the shop <laughs> came in, and he said he had to leave work because his mom was sick. Do you want to reenact it? I'll be him, and you be Eric. I can't remember what Eric said, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... And he goes, like, my mom is sick, and then... And, I know, we're gonna read it. Oh, right, go so ahead. I'm the guy, and he's like, Matthews, I hate to leave you in the lurch, but I gotta leave. My mom is sick. And Eric goes... Powerful sick? <laughs> Caitlin, like, peed on the couch. She laughed so hard. I did, hard. literally. <laughs> she but did But I almost did. Oh, this is fine. No. <laughs> But, because he was trying to speak hillbilly, and then the dad, at one point, tries to intervene, and is like, well, tell me what time, and he's like, no, 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 dad, let me handle this, and he's, like, speaking hillbilly. And hillbilly, and it was so And your mom's powerful sick, like, it was just so It funny. came out of nowhere. It was really funny, and he, and Eric looked so, like, serious, like, mm-hmm. he looked very earnest, <laughs> like, powerful sick, like, he looked like he was really concerned about mama. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty it was great. Pretty great. I mean, I have to say, I really enjoyed this evening of TV, but like at the same time, it made me really sad Aww. because I miss this being on my television. I really do. Like, I miss it. 
There's plenty of other shows to watch. There's nothing that's ever going to be like Boy Meets World. <sighs> if you say Girl Meets World one more time, I'm leaving. I'm not going to say Girl Meets World, because I can't have you leave, because we have to do the exit together. Oh, fine. I'll leave after that. Okay. <laughs> it's no Girl Meets World. No. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this. Yeah, we'll probably do some more episodes. We're going to have to. We really, because there's so many things we didn't touch on Perfect Strangers. No, um, Step by Step. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, <laughs> or as we like to call it. Hanging with Mr. Pooper. Hanging with Mr. Pooper. We like the show, we just also like to make poop jokes. We do, because it rhymes with Pooper. It does. But yeah, there were there were tons of other shows that we could touch on, um, and we probably will, because we got a little nostalgic watching some of these. And we got a little sidetracked, and yeah. Yeah. So anyway. That was episode one of the t- episode nine of <laughs> no episode nine of the show yeah episode one of the tgif series and yeah they're all maybe there will be more someday maybe there will i'm Ooh. not gonna tell you when you're just going to keep tuning in exactly you keep tuning in america so follow us on twitter okay. at nostalgia killer at nostalgia killer or at our individual handles which is uh at duffosaurus underscore rex and at t solia I'm not spelling it. And there's Caitlin. T-S-O-L-I-A-H. Damn it. You follow her, everyone. Everyone. Or you can find us on Tumblr if we ever figure it out. That's true. We'll someday figure it out. Peanut butter and jelly shoes. Peanut butter and jelly shoes. All right. Once again, I'm Caitlin. I'm Tiffany. Have a good night.